Hey everybody, it's Pete Van Dyke here. Before we get the show started, I'd like to get these commercials out of the way. Uh, if you'd like to go to livefromthedutchhall.com, that's our website. It's got all the episodes, everything you need to know about the shows on there, I guess. It's a, it's a website, you know. Anyways, if you go to that website, you'll notice on the side there's banners there. One of them is our Amazon banner. If you click on that and do your Amazon shopping, uh, a little bit of that money that you spend at Amazon will come back and help us get this show up and running again and making it better and better every week uh thank you to everyone that's done that i gotta thank Lori ball for reaching out to us and saying the banner wasn't working i can't fix it unless someone tells me it's not working so thank you very much Lori ball for letting me know that if you guys know it's a problem with any of that stuff just give me an email at live from the dutch hall gmail.com or you can always go reach out at instagram twitter facebook all that shit you can find me at dutch hall or live from the dutch hall on either of those things also, I just want to give a shout out to Clean Flow. Bring. Clean Flow, you're not really a sponsor of the show anymore. We haven't reached out to get you re-signed for the reboot of the Dutch Hall. But um, Clean Flow's always been a great supporter in the past. I'm looking at a stool right now. Right in front of me is beautiful. I think of Clean Flow, I think of all the support they've given us over the years. So just a shout out to Clean Flow. That's K-L-E-E-N-F-L-O. Check them out online. they got a full line of products that will help you lube your life up and also spiky ball studios spiky ball studios you might say hey pete i heard you sold the church well i haven't sold the church but i'm thinking of selling it i'm in the process of getting to the point where i sell that thing but i'm not using it for business anymore that is true but what we are still doing spiky ball studios we are still providing live entertainment services we have should you need equipment or sound help or even just entertainment itself we can send that set that up for you or accommodate you however we can we can't do it ourselves we'll find somebody that can spiky ball studios uh give us a dingle at spikyballstudios at gmail.com and uh pete van dyke that's me i will be headlining a show in oshawa if you are in the oshawa area on november the 6th i will be at crazy jack's Crazy Jacks for their comedy night. I'll be headlining there. Dan Brennan will be hosting my night. And uh, I looked it up online because I've never been to Oshawa. And it looks like that uh, it's an Irish pub in uh, what looks like to be a, a very heavy darts area, probably the darts district of Oshawa. Look for Crazy Jacks. And I will be telling jokes in there. That's Crazy Jacks in Oshawa. And uh, that's it for the ads, everybody. we got a really weird show ahead of you. I'm not going to lie to you. But uh, there's only one way to get this thing started, and that is the theme song. Welcome to the Dutch Hall. I'm your host, Pete Van Dyke. We are here for another week at the Dutch Hall. I apologize for not having it out on Thursday night as normal, but our guest tonight uh, found that Friday morning worked better for him, so we were decided to accommodate him here Friday morning for a rare Friday morning Dutch Hall podcast. So welcome, everybody. Sorry about the delay this week. Uh, We have a topic for once. It's a weird thing. We have a guest. It's also a weird thing. 
Uh, and you'll find out as this show goes on, it's going to get weirder and weirder. And uh, thank you for everyone who will put up with it till that point. But uh, enjoy the show. Um, before we get to uh, the uh, show, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that uh, comedy uh, show that I'll be doing in Oshawa on Friday, November the 6th. Um, let me just paint a picture for anyone who comes up to this show. A lot of times you'll notice when comics are doing a podcast or if they're uh, trying to advertise themselves on social media or something like that, they're going to really embellish kind of like how great they are. I don't know if this is a shock to you. Some call it like fake it until you make it. Uh, we've been guilty of it here at the Dutch Hall show of faking it till we make it. We are legitimately just in a shed in some shitty part of the world just hiding here in a bunch of ashes and dirt, you know, uh, pretending that we're a big late night talk show in Canada. In fact, I introduce myself every week as uh, Canada's only late night talk show. And uh, I think I was actually had no one argue with me for most of the time I've been claiming that. So um, I'm not going to be, uh, I'm kind of the pot calling kettle black to be accusing others of being hypocritical. But I do notice that a lot of times when people are promoting their comedy shows, they may try to paint it as you're going to go for an evening at the Apollo to see some live stand-up comedy. And even you listen to this show, you're like, Pete, you've been on the air for six years. you got a loyal following of listeners, you know? You must, uh, for sure, you know, you must uh, have some sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, stature in the comedy business that you're going to be able to go away on tour. You know, you're touring the country. You're going to Oshawa. You know, you're going to be going to some, obviously, some glorious theater to uh, unveil your new hour or something, headlining some great show. Well, I'll assure you people that this evening in Oshawa that I'm headlining is not uh, the creme de la creme of comedy, even though our show is going to be dynamite. I do believe that there are better promoted and executed shows that will be out there. I'll have to be honest with you. This one is going to be at an Irish pub. This is a free show. To those who attend, you pay nothing to go. They just allow us to do comedy. I am going all the way there. It's uh, probably three and a half hours or so of a drive. You know, I have to get back too, so you might as well say that's six or seven hours of driving in order that I can perform for, let me just assure you, all uh, COVID-19 protocols will be followed at this comedy show because uh, the chances of you being within two meters of another person is pro are very slim, you know. There's not going to be enough people to be close enough to those people. You're going to get an intimate comedy experience in a pub uh, where you're not going to. It's you're going to feel a little uncomfortable, but you're going to have big laughs. That's guaranteed. But the whole night's going to be a little weird. I'm going to say that's what it is, and that's what you get when you get free comedy in uh, Canada. I got to admit, uh, normally I get a headlining set. I would perform some of the jokes that I've carefully crafted over, say, five, six years of performing comedy, and I would give you those jokes as kind of my gift or my, my I'm, I'm pouring out the efforts that I put into crafting those things. I want to make sure that if you're paying money to see comedy, I'm going to give you the best stuff, you know? And this one, it's a free show. My pay is sketchy at best. I do not know if I'm getting a penny for this thing. <coughs> Therefore... Do not expect my best stuff. Expect me to have uh, maybe a few jokes I wouldn't tell on an ordinary basis. Some of them I'm going to be telling just for me. You know, some of them I'm going to be telling because 
they make me laugh and the comics that are going through the three hours of driving with me laugh and uh the people who didn't pay in front of me were mostly there just to drink anyways those people will be uh you know maybe they'll like it maybe they won't from what i understand oshawa is a cool place they had a working class town they're my kind of people so i would imagine uh you might like a good dick joke here and there maybe a maybe a bill cosby joke thrown in there or maybe a maybe a uh joke that describes a woman's vagina something like that that might happen in oshawa you know that's what's probably going to happen yeah most likely that's what's going to happen so if you go to oshawa so please check that out if you want to yeah canadian comedy i mean <coughs> tends to be glamorized i guess in people's minds because you go to the show a lot of times if you go to a good show that you pay money for you're going to see um these people that seem to be living quite an exciting life you know but uh, I guess when you get into it, it is a kind of a, it's a weird compulsion that you do when you uh, try to be a comic, you know. When they say fake it till you make it, there's something about that, you know. You, you have to have a certain amount of fake it till you make it just to have the confidence or like just to convince yourself to go forward on an idea that's otherwise just crazy that you would even consider, you know, something as lofty as stand-up comedy or or podcasting like what makes people think what makes you think that people want to hear what you have to say kind of thing and uh you need to have a bit of that just to get it off and running but you get so busy i guess faking it till you make it that eventually you lose sight of the fact that you have become something and you just have to uh you just have to realize uh what you are at some point you know you're not really faking it till you make it you you actually are what you were faking you become that thing. And uh, luckily, I've been doing this for long enough that, you know, I fake being a broadcaster. I never had a microphone in front of my mouth in my life, except for maybe emceeing my cousin's wedding. And uh, just thought about it enough and just looked into it enough. Just had the inner will, I guess, to just move forward and pursue that aspect of myself. And then now, after six years later, I consider it a part of what I do. Being a stand-up comedian is... Is very much the same thing. It's like, uh, you know, you, at first you're trying stand-up. You know, you're a hobbyist, uh, maybe a bucket list, midlife crisis guy that wants to give something a try that he's always had a dream of, of trying. But there comes a point where you're doing it, you know, five shows a week, and you're you're doing it at the expense of pretty much everything else in your life because you're pursuing this craft, you know, and it, you realize that no matter what happens in your life, you're going to continue to do this. And now you're not pretending to be a comic anymore. You've, you, you actually are one, you know, and I don't care, you know, if, I mean, it's nice, of course, to have the validation of my peers, but regardless of what other comics think of me, I know in my heart of hearts that I am a comic because I can't stop doing it. And there's no real reason for me to do it, you know, and, uh, other than that, it is, it has been a part of who I've become. So, fake it till you make it out there, people. Just do it, and then you will be it. That is uh, one thing I hope that uh, you can learn from my horrible breakdown in my life. Um, anyways, I want to get on with today's show. Today's show is going to be quite a bit different from the normal Dutch Hall format. We, uh, we actually do have a topic, as I mentioned earlier. We uh, have a topic. It is, uh, we'll get to that. Um... Actually, we'll get to that after we get to a segment 
we call feedback. We got feedback. We got feedback, everybody. This week's feedback is brought to you by our friends at Amazon. But you already heard that at the beginning of the show, so we're not going to get into that again. Um, Every week we ask our listeners to tell us what they think of our show, and every week, believe it or not, we get stuff. And I don't even get to get to all the people that reach out to us, and I thank you guys greatly for doing so. It makes me think that I'm doing this thing for something, not nothing. And I really like every person that reaches out to us. Uh, one of the people, one of the ways you can reach out to us is to go to uh, Podbean. You can uh, subscribe to us on Podbean, and when you do that, uh, you can uh, give us some feedback. And uh, there are a bunch of people that did that, and I missed them. One of them is Stephanie DeField. Stephanie DeField. This is a few weeks back. She uh, listened to Pete Still Has Cancer, Sells the Church, and she just gave us a simple welcome back. Thank you, Stephanie. Just a shout out to you. Thank you very much for all your support over the years. It's great to hear from you. And also, we had uh, Tony, a new subscriber. Tony, I don't know much more about Tony, but Tony gives us uh, a piece of feedback. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks a lot, Tony. And I wonder I wonder if that's Tony Duclos. Tony Duclos, of course, the uh, Norfolk's greatest mouth heart player. He's been... Uh, Remember the Shoeshine Boys Band, a great band that uh, performs locally here, and uh, they've been a guest on Live from the Dutch Hall in the past. And Tony and the boys of the Shoeshine Boys, they sent us a message. Basically, uh, they gave me some ideas for some jokes. They uh, they were uh, sitting around having a band practice, it seems, and then they got to talking. It seems like maybe after they had uh, consumed something that would maybe alter their uh, perception of what is necessarily funny to uh, just a guy out of nowhere on the street or a guy that's maybe like been smoking a big Cheech and Chong style uh, joint with the shoeshine boys, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but uh, Tony uh, gave me a, a shout out to a joke. He said, maybe you can work on this. Maybe you can work it into your show or your act. I really do appreciate that, Tony, but I tell you, it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of work. I don't know what you guys were smoking, but I want some of it. Please send it to me uh, any way you can. I'm just in Pine Grove. I'm not hard to find. There's, there's not that many people here. Uh, but thank you, Tony, for reaching out to us. Also, I wanted to just update Laura Collins. Laura Collins, she sent us an idea. She's uh, great at giving drunken haircuts. Um, so Laura sent us that out. I, I was having a, a bit of a dilemma of my own hair. You know, I had grown it out for like a year. I meant to get it cut. Then the pandemic struck, and then it just kept growing. To the point where it became like a uh, man bun territory. Me in front of Michael Bow in last week's show. No shit. I'm sitting across from my own cousin Michael. It's a fucking man bun. Can't even lie about it, you know? He was hanging out at the back of a baseball cap, but still. I had it. I lived that existence. And I knew it was at my lowest point in my life. So what I did was, I, uh, Laura, was, I tried to book it with Laura. I tried to say, Laura, you know, get down here to the Dutch Hall. Let's make this thing happen, you know? And uh, Laura, unfortunately, she lives far away, and uh, she works. So we'd had to set up on a weekend. Well, my weekends were booked. I was in St. Catharines doing comedy last weekend, and then, you know, I got things booked on the weekend, so it doesn't work out. This hair's not getting any shorter on its own. So one day I woke up, and I just went into my uh, bathroom. I took out the clippers, 
and I just started clipping, you know, I just started willy nilly, just clipping my hair. And uh, when I was all done, literally like me in front of a mirror, uh, just willy nilly, just zipping it off. And at the end of it all, I realized I left, I left a little at the top. And then I said, I shouldn't cut any more of that shit. And then I just uh, combed it to the side there and it looked fine. It looked perfect. This hair kind of thing is easy. I can do it no problem. I don't need anyone's help at all from here on in. I'll just willy-nilly do it. It looked fine. I don't think I've ever had a haircut where I said, boy, Pete, you look great. You know, at the end of that haircut, I, I always look like fine. You know, like, who gives a shit, right? So I did it again. I think from now on, all I need is uh, maybe a little bit of Earl for my clippers, and that's all I need because this haircutting thing is a breeze for all you hairdressers out there. Um, I don't know what you uh, think is such a big deal there. I'm just got to be honest with you. seems easy. Um, so thank you, Laura. But in the future, if anyone does want a drunken haircut, reach out to us at livefromthedutchhallgmail.com, and we'll get Laura Collins to do it on a weekend that works out for everybody. Um, also, Shauna Barrow. You know, Shauna Barrow is one of our diamonds, diamond listeners. I like to call her a diamond listener because she is uh, terrific. She always like listens to the show, lets us know what she thinks. She got a good kick out of last week's show with Michael Bowe. Um, she says shiitake's on Good Friday, and then she just has a bunch of crying, laughing emojis. Uh, the idea of uh, Michael's story about uh, having uh, some fungi on uh, at the mud runs on Good Friday and then ended up in uh, Mass is uh, something that I think a lot of people can relate to in Norfolk County if you're a Catholic. And uh, it is a it is a it's a great story. We'll go back and listen to that episode. So thanks, thanks, uh, thanks, Shauna. You're a great listener. And I uh, just want to give you a weekly update on where well, we are on the Apple charts. We're on the Apple charts all over the world. It seems fake. In the beginning, when we started getting these notices that we were on the charts, I thought it was fake. And then uh, I started to not believe it's real. And just I put some stuff out just thinking and getting a kick out of it and stuff. But I never really gave it any weight. I thought it was just some scam artist trying to get you to sign up for something and they make it look like you're a big deal and then you believe it or whatever but it turns out i think these are real because we keep showing up on front pages and stuff like that with the show in different countries i check it out and there we are we're in the in the listing so i just wanted to give a shout out we're still on the uh we fell out of the u.s charts but california has been just coming on strong in october so thank you to everyone listening in, Cal- in california um Canada, we're still there on the charts. Slipped a little bit in Australia. Uh, we're just staying the same in Denmark. And uh, so thank you to everyone in Denmark. Denmark, I don't know what you're doing over there, but uh, I hope you're okay. I never even met one of you in my whole life. So reach out to us at lifeinthedutchhall.gmail.com. I'd like to find out what's up in Denmark. And uh, a couple of the episodes actually made some lists too. So My Wife is a Lizard made the charts, uh, 150 in Canada, so it's just nice to know that the uh, stuff we're doing is still getting noticed, so thank you for everyone for supporting the show. This sort of thing, like over the years, it blows my mind that we're still making this stuff happen, and it's uh, people are supporting this stuff, so it's great. Um, so that's all we got for feedback. Oh, my brother Paul sent a message saying uh, Mike is a terrific guest. So Paul, Paul, thanks for listening, and uh, I agree with you. Mike's a great guest. It was so nice. Just a nice, simple conversation. Two dudes sitting around catching up after not seeing each other for a while. So it was great. 
And uh, we only have one more person to uh, get to talk to. Uh, this person's been with us since the very beginning. He's our little buddy, the Haitian dwarf. This is normally where we'd sing his theme song. I ho, I ho, there's so much to bed we go. And then I have to make up a rhyme. A blank ear, blank two, blank ear, blank hi ho, hi ho. And thank you, Haitian dwarf, for uh, giving us the feedback. I'll do it with my mouth, then I don't have to put in the extra thing. And his feedback, this one, he entitles, The Band Has Never Sounded Better. And he gives us five stars. And he says, are the other guys out with the COVIDs? Are the other guys out with the COVIDs? Of course, we haven't had a band in recent weeks since we've had a reboot of the show. The band has been, uh, one week was comprised of Steve the Rucking German. The one week was comprised of Michael Bowe. And every other week was comprised of whatever audio I could pull from old shows where I had a band and a bartender and sometimes other people who we consider regulars of the program. And so, Haitian Dwarf, thank you very much for your letter, for getting to us on iTunes. He always does it on iTunes, which helps us get in those Apple rankings. Uh, so please, if anyone wants to, go on iTunes, log into your iTunes accounts, go to find uh, the Dutch Hall podcast, and uh, give us a piece of feedback there. And if you write that review, it'll help us in the rankings. And we'd like to thank the Haitian Dwarf for doing that on a regular basis because it keeps us current. So thank you, Haitian Dwarf. Um, well, I'm going to answer your question about the uh, the band and the COVIDs. Do these people have COVIDs? You know? And the answer, short answer is no. Except for maybe one. You know, one I'm not sure about. The rest of them, I'm going to say no on the COVID. So I can't say for sure. I haven't tested them myself. I haven't seen any evidence of testing. I don't know what kind of lifestyle these people lead because I do not see them on a regular basis. I don't know how they live. They could be out licking shopping cart handles at the Costco. They could be making dangerous choices. I don't know, right? But from what I understand, none of the people that were part of the show in the past have the COVIDs. Uh, but let's go down the list, shall we? First of all, let's go with... Uh, the Nocturnal Emissions, that's the easiest place to start. Our band, uh, Steve the Reluctant Chairman, Michael Bowe, Dave Charters, uh, Kevin Belanger, Wes Haggins. Uh, these were all part of the Nocturnal Emissions main core. Of course, the Nocturnal Emissions, for those of you who have listened to the program in the past, you know that the Nocturnal Emissions have been um, comprised of whoever shows up on any given night. You know, it's sometimes it's uh, we've had Daryl Cor, we've had Paul Etche, we've had uh, Rudy Hogg and uh, Brad Good. We've had, uh, uh, you know, uh, oh, my goodness, Shoeshine Boys have joined the Nocturnal Emissions. The Jesse Murphy Trios joined the Nocturnal Emissions, you know, like uh, Milo McMahon joined the, was one night. You know, we have a million different people who have been in and out, and not to mention, of course, Braden Kuman. Who is also an original member of Nocturnal Emissions, or one of the core members, I'd say, of the Nocturnal Emissions? So it's been multifaceted. Many people throughout the years have come in and out of the Nocturnal Emissions. Anyone's really welcome to be part of the house band. Anyone who shows up, I didn't even remember uh, Caitlin Van Dyke. There it is, Brandon McIntosh. Oh my goodness, so many people that were in the Nocturnal Emissions over the time we did the show. And uh, tonight, in the last couple of weeks, we've managed to get two of them one at a time. Tonight, you can hear this is an electronic band. This is a fake band. These are the 
theme song at the beginning. It was fake. It was uh, pulled from an old episode. No band member is here this evening, or this is now this morning. There's no one here, is what I'm saying. The Nocturnal Emissions. So not just the main core of guys, but even extended past that, none of them are here. And uh, <coughs> so I'd say with the exception of Braden, no one has a really good excuse. But uh, the uh, COVIDs, if you will, is not part of any of them. Right? I'm sure none of them have COVIDs. Michael, he's uh, finishing up his crop here. He's thinking of next year. He's still got to sell some of his uh, crop to make sure that he's uh, you know, providing for his family. You know, it's a busy time of year, you know. That goes for uh, other farmers and beaver and stuff. Look, my brother, the bartender, that guy works his tail off, you know. But this is nothing new for any of these guys. Why is this different now, you know? Now with, uh, I think, I don't know. I think a lot of it is that we did it for a long time. It's hard on these guys to do a brand new song every week and learn it in like a, in an hour, you know, and then perform it. And then, and then uh, it just got to be a bigger and bigger uh, commitment. I think it took its toll on everyone. It stopped being as much fun. And uh, it just starts. And when we took our hiatus break, I think it just stopped being part of people's regular routine. And then it just uh, really uh, people got used to not coming. And then it's harder to get people to come back and do it again. I think that's a big, big part of what it is. And I don't, I don't really know. I think in a way, um, I'm trying to get back that momentum and make a place where people feel comfortable coming on. You know, Thursday nights, they can feel comfortable coming here. And if you're looking for a place to uh, scratch a creative itch or just uh, find a community of people or try to um, just get together for a chat with people so you have some physical contact, then I hope that the Dutch Hall is that place, you know, where people think of us. And I do also hope to bring in people and interesting guests for you guys to listen to because I enjoy meeting people that I'm of interest in, that I can talk to about things that, you know, people I don't see on a day-to-day basis down here. And I'd like to bring them down here and, you know, like uh, have a nice chat to learn about things. So I hope to continue that with the show. And I hope to keep providing that place for people. If you're not, haven't been part of the Nocturnal Missions in the past and you have a musical talent, by all means, please contact me at live from the Dutch Hall and see if you, if you want to be part of the show, then you can be, you know. Um... Uh, if you if you're uh, skilled with social media, if you're skilled with um, any aspect of the show where you can help me, a lot of times to have a person just look up stuff while I'm shooting the shit here, uh, bring stuff up. You know, the more more hands we have, if you're looking for something like that, and the more hands we have on the show, to be honest, uh, the better we can make it. Uh, right now, our budget is like zero, that's for sure, but it's always been like that. If you want to just look for something fun to do. You want to uh, just reach out to me. We've helped people in the past through difficult times in their life, and they found solace in the walls of the Dutch Hall. So I hope that if you're listening to this program and you're in the area at least and you want, you're looking for something to do or even just somebody to reach out to, just reach out to us here, live from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you're part of our, part of our family. Um, I forget where I was going with that. I forget where it's going with that. Is that feedback? Oh, one other thing is uh, one guy. I want to say no COVID is across the board. Just people getting busy with life, you know. 
But I did hear a story, and I know that there's been a common conception out there that the COVID-19 has been started in some uh, wet market in Wuhan, China. You know, a wet market in Wuhan. Well, uh, that may be true. Or maybe I heard there was a report around the same time that this was considered the birth of this, you know, great pandemic. Uh, Beside that wet market in Wuhan, there's an alleyway where a certain master of industry that we may or may not know, I just know that this person was reported as being a a well-regarded master of industry, you know, this master of industry sitting in an alley beside a wet market in Wuhan, you know, fornicating with a fruit bat at the same time. And he was seen in that same alleyway sharing a cigarette with said fruit bat. And I don't I can't really... I can't really speculate further than that, but those are the facts, people. A master of industry, fucking a fruit bat, beside a wet market in Wuhan. Is this our master of industry? We know Mr. Ch- Mr. Dave there? I don't know. I don't know. Is it the same dude? I can only speculate yes. That's only my opinion. It's not a fact. Did my friend Dave Charters fuck a fruit bat beside a wet market in Wuhan? China in about January of 2020. I can't confirm nor deny that fact. But I think yes. That's all I'm saying. That's in my mind, it's a yes. Did I make that up completely? Fabricate it? Uh, Out of nowhere? Just to try to make up a rude story about my friend Dave? So that people think he fucked a fruit bat outside a wet market in Wuhan? I don't know. That's your opinion, not mine. That's that's for you to decide, not me, you know? But I don't know what Dave's up to. I, I just don't know. And I don't know if he has the COVIDs or not. But I do know he's a master of industry. That's all I can say. That's all I can say about that. So thank you, Haitian Dwarf, for your feedback. That's it, everybody. If you'd like to reach out to our program, please do so at livefromthedutchall.gmail.com. Or you can go to Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all that stuff. We're there. You'll find us. Dutch Hall or Live from the Dutch Hall. You'll find us. And uh, thanks to everyone that's reached out to us. Also, LinkedIn. I'm putting the show out on LinkedIn now. So if you have a shitty, boring job, you can listen to us on LinkedIn. Who the hell is there? I don't know. It's a weird place, LinkedIn. I'll tell you that. It's a lot of people that give me like PTSD about my old days at the bank on LinkedIn. But uh, those are the people that might buy tickets to my show. So thank you to everyone who has a job and may someday give me 10, 20 bucks to watch me tell a dick joke. And um, so then we have... To get to our actual show, we have a topic, we have a guest. First of all, I don't know what we should describe. We'll just introduce the guest first. Number one, this guest, I'm really pleased to welcome him into the Dutch Hall. He's no stranger to the place, that's for sure. But I don't believe I've ever sat down and had an actual, you know, in-depth conversation out loud with this person. I know I've had uh, numerous conversations in my head with him, but... uh, I'm never out loud have I had a conversation with this person. Um, please welcome to the show our guest. He is a podcaster. He is a stand-up comedian. He is a real estate developer, a bookkeeper, an occasional general laborer. He's currently available for hire. Please welcome to the program Pete Van Dyke. This would be where there'd be applause if I had my shit together. 
Thank you for welcoming me to the show, Pete. I'm happy to be here. I gotta admit, this is a little strange. I don't usually speak out loud to myself. I can tell. I think it's more normal when talking to yourself out loud to do it as a soliloquy or a monologue, that you just talk out loud and listen to yourself. You know, you're just one person who's talking and the same one person listening to your thoughts, you know, being spoken out loud. One person talking and the same one person listening. That's usually how people talk to themselves. But you're talking to yourself as though you're a whole different person, which to me is troublesome, Pete. You know, it, it indicates maybe that you have some sort of multiple personality disorder. You should probably talk with about that with your therapist, is all I'm saying. You should. You're doing it too. Well, you have a point there. I do think this is more hard to follow because we're using the exact same voice. I agree. I think it's weird. I think we should just kind of go do it the normal way where one of us talk out loud and the same one of us listen. What do you mean one of us? We're the same one. You're talking to us as two people again. It's making it worse. See how the show can get weird? Anyways, I'm going to start to go forward to our topic tonight. It's also We're going to talk about an epidemic. There's, of course, COVID-19, but also I think the biggest epidemic in the world today is our topic for tonight, the epidemic of loneliness. Loneliness, and what better guest to have on a show about loneliness than myself, you know? I spend probably most of my time, as you heard, uh, what my job descriptions, many of those job descriptions are done on a self-employed basis, and they're done with no staff. That means that I am most of the time alone. In order to complete most of the tasks I need to survive, I do not need to be around any people. And uh, most other people are busy doing their shit, and they're alone as well. So it is uh, quite common for me to be alone. And apparently, most of the world is actually alone. It's, it's, it's getting to be scary and scary. It's a trend that continues year after year. We never have more people than we've ever had. We have more people than we've ever had, and none more of us as a percentage feel alone than ever before. It's a weird thing, you know? It's a weird thing because we're we really are a pack animal. People are like pack animals, you know? The way we survived as a species was that we had strength in numbers, you know? If we're going to come down from the trees, originally we're up in the trees, we come down from the trees and you can stay safe if you're in a big group. You know, a lion's less likely to go after a person in the middle of a pack of people trying to fight them from killing their kid, you know. But if the kid gets separated from the pack, that kid's going to get killed by the lion, and that's a stupid move for you to let that kid go off on its own, you know. That was how we stayed safe, pack mentality. That's how we're wired. That's how our genetics are wired, is that we're safe when we're with other people, you know, when we're in a group. We feel like we're part of a pack when we feel like we have a purpose. That's when we feel like we're safe. And that's when we feel like we can go forward and do things, you know. And as a result, when we spend a lot of time alone, we, um, our body tries to protect us. So it creates anxiety. It uh, creates a feeling that we need to find that uh, group or that togetherness. And that creates this stress. It creates a buildup of cortisol in your body. You know, it makes people, um, 
you know, it, it, it makes people's brains kind of like not work as good as they used to, you know, with, with all this cortisol in your body, your, your cognitive performance is, is impaired, you know, it compromises your immune system. It, it, uh, it uh, increases the risk of vascular problems, it increases inflammation, and heart disease, you know, it also increases the risk of dementia and Alzheimer's, you know, these are things that can happen just from being alone. And I remember through this COVID thing, one of the things that people use Sweden as an example of like uh, hurt, trying to get herd, men, or herd immunity through not doing the, the uh, lockdowns that everyone else in the world did. One thing about Sweden that they said is that over half the country lives alone. So they already live kind of an isolated life as it is. So it wasn't much of an adjustment being locked down and just being a regular Swede. I don't know any Swedes. So if you're listening to this program, I know people in Sweden have listened to this show. If you're listening to the show and you're from Sweden, give us an email, please. Live from the Dutch at gmail.com. Give us an email and tell us, like, is it really lonely over there? Or do you guys just cool with living alone and you still have all these groups that you still hang out with or go to? Like, are, or are you just living solitary lives and cool with it? I don't know. To me, it seems counter. It's not against your nature to try to be alone. So think of half your country living alone. To me, that's like half your country is going to be miserable, you know, because I don't know anyone that's happy just being alone. Anyways, you know what else is bad about it? Is that uh, if you're left alone, you have no one to check your bullshit. So if you believe something about your situation, your personality, the way you, uh, if you see something wrong, you know, if your perception's off and there's nobody there to say, hey, Pete, you're like, you're way offline here. You know, you know, you're not seeing what's right in front of you. You you're not like looking at your own life correctly. You know, if you don't have somebody there to, you know, slap you back into reality, metaphorically or whatever, not real, not physically. I'm not suggesting you slap anybody, but if you know, but snap back into, get over your bullshit. You know, in a way, you need a group. You need someone that you can trust to tell you that. You know, you're uh, losing your mind, man. You bought a church. You're starting a cult of some sort, you know. You got to get over yourself. That would have been, you know, just an example. That's just an example. It's no nothing specific there. Anyways. So, anyways, across the world, loneliness is a, is a huge problem. People are getting, uh, people are getting more and more, you know, disconnected. Pete, I want to ask you a question here. You know, today in the world, you know, never before have we had more of an opportunity to be connected with people. You know, we've never really had more connections or been as easy to communicate with more people at the, you know, at the easily at the touch of a button. We can reach into our pocket and talk to people that uh, live halfway across the world easily, just like they were next door. We can do that now. FaceTime them. We can Zoom meeting, call them. We can do all that shit. The future is now. And yet people are lonelier than ever before. Can you explain that? Well, uh, I'm no professional. I'm no, uh, but I did do a bit of reading before coming on the show, knowing that we're going to be talking about this stuff. And uh, I think it's because it's not really about those connections on that we get on social media. They're not, they're not deep enough connections you know you're only showing an aspect of yourself online you know if you look at your facebook profile for example 
is that who you are really you know is that a reflection of your day-to-day life and who you are no it's a it's your online presence that you put out there it's the happy times of your life it's the times you look good you know it's not really you that's not a real connection you have with people they see what you look like in good lighting you know they don't know you at your worst when people know the other people at their worst and still love them that's how you have a meaningful connection with someone you know is that you still want to be with them despite knowing their flaws you know despite you you you, you still you forgive them for their shitty parts because you know that the the some of the good parts is way better you know and these sort that sort of of uh of a relationship you get with people that's the that's what gives you meaning in life you know that's what gives you safety that's what makes you feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself that you're that you're doing you're living for a reason you know i think uh you can't get that from people that like a picture of you in a bikini on instagram you know it's not gonna be the same sort of validation you know i'm not sure if 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 like if everyone searches for that sort of meaning in their life or that sort of connection in their life but that's but i know i do you know i can only i can only speak for myself but i mean the rest of them seem so shallow i don't think you're going to get anything from that sort of thing um I don't know. Pete, can I ask you another question? Sure, go ahead. Uh, you talked about your struggles with mental illness on the show, and this conversation here is a great example of how you're clearly mentally ill. Um, do you see a correlation between when you felt alone and when you've struggled with mental illness? Definitely. I think that's what I was talking about before, is that uh, no one's going to call you on your bullshit, so you can sit there and just spin 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 like anything especially if you're a logical thinker like i am like geez i'm a good arguer so i can convince myself of the most ridiculous things as being real because i can search out evidence to support that you know and without somebody like calling you on it saying what are you doing you're off base you're going on a wrong tangent you can go deep down that tangent get more and more diluted in the way you look at things and your perception can get more and more you know, twisted so that what you believe is really happening, what you see is really happening, you feel that's really happening, that you believe in your heart of hearts is really happening because your senses have all told you it's real and nothing has told you otherwise, you know? Uh, That can, that's how you get, that's how you really uh, can get deep and deep in trouble with, uh, with that, with mental illness, you know, like you can get into deep trouble by believing that your situation is far worse than it is, you know? So I hope that they say like one of the treatments for loneliness is CBT therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. And I've done this in the past. I've gone through and basically what it is, is they try to make you recognize when you might not be thinking properly. And if you can recognize when you might, your thinking might be off, you can make corrections to then set that straight. And, uh, usually that would kind of like at least let you be aware of that your situation could be not as real as you think it is you know and uh yeah i I, it does help but definitely doesn't fix it well what changes have you done pete to uh try to deal with loneliness 
since it started becoming a problem for you. I'm glad you asked, Pete. But uh, everything I did, I've doing like this podcast, um, was really just to try to find an excuse to talk to people. One of the favorite parts of my old job was was interviewing customers, a new customer, touring their farm and stuff like that. Those those were exciting times because I enjoyed the getting to know what that person's dream was that they pursued and how they went about doing it. Their story, you know, that they gave you it was. To me, that was cool. Every story was different. Everyone's journey was something you could learn from. And when I left banking, I didn't really miss anything about the bank. I didn't miss anything about the companies I worked for. But I did miss getting to know the people and getting to know the operations and finding out the people's story. You know, I miss that. So I started a podcast to kind of give that back to me, to get to have an excuse to sit down with people and interview them. Gave me some of that, what I used to get on a day-to-day basis uh, through my old job. And uh, stand-up comedy, you know, I didn't do it for this reason, but stand-up comedy has proven to me to be... uh, Sorry, I keep breathing heavily into the microphone. I feel a little winded today. I'm more nervous doing this show than normal because I'm all by myself, and it's crazy. You know, I've only done one of these before. Friday the 13th, where I ended up partying and then expecting everyone to come back partying and do the show, but really everyone went to bed, and I ended up doing a show by myself in my friend's garage. He wasn't even, he was asleep too, I think, so three in the morning, I did a 40-minute show of me just whining about how my plan didn't work out. (laughs) You know, listen to that, the PD-13 show, it's from a long time ago, but that's the only other solo show I did. But stand-up comedy, to get back to stand-up comedy... Um, I did it just because it was something I enjoyed. It was like a passion of mine. I've always been like super, super analytical, digging into as much information as I can get, you know, about breaking down comedy and finding out how it works. And I find the whole art form to be just fascinating. I always have. It's always been a dream of mine to participate in. And I chickened out like numerous times in in my teens and my 20s and, you know, 30s. Finally, by the time I turned 40, I was like, yeah, I'm doing it, and I did it. It was like kind of a stereotypical bucket list kind of like have to do this thing, midlife crisis kind of thing. But quickly after doing it and realizing that I am like now hooked on it, I can't stop doing it. Um, I know this is a part of me I should have paid attention to a lot earlier in my life, and I never did. But I now that I know it, I'm going to be full steam ahead, you know, like know that this is a part that makes me, this is a part of my life that makes me feel better to do, so I'm going to continue to do it, you know. And uh, when I did that, uh, quickly I found there's other people out there who had the same affliction as me, you know. And uh, they also found that this weird art form makes them feel better about themselves. And the amount of thought and effort and importance that they put into it is the same as mine. And uh, they quickly become your community. They quickly become, you know, your class of comics that... uh, you know, you're in this thing together kind of thing, you know, I know it's, but uh, that sort of community and that sort of family that came from stand-up quickly became just as much the reason I'm doing it as, as the ability to get on stage myself, like, it's, it's the ability to laugh at my friends who are having a bad night, that's hilarious, you know, but uh, to be able to chat with them about, about jokes and joke structure and punchlines and tell them jokes that you couldn't tell on stage and, you know, like those sorts of interactions and 
those sort that sort of support that I've gotten from stand up comics, even like if I do a show with a comic from Calgary and I'm just meeting him for the one night, but I do a show with him, there's a certain brotherhood and a certain mutual respect that that usually is there from people going through a common experience. And that's even been for people I don't appreciate their act, you know. I don't like their act, some of them. But I do appreciate the fact that they're kind of like in the same hustle that I'm in and they're going through some of the same just uh, terrible um, you know, mental breakdowns over why the hell am I keep doing this? Like, there's got to be a better way. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? You know, like, if someone else is going through that too beside you, you know, you can't help but feel a certain brotherhood that you've been through the same trenches with them, you know? So everything I really do is to try to build that community. You know, I started a Discord server. I don't even know how it works. I still don't know how it works. I'm hoping that some kid will tell me how it works, and then I'll finally be able to figure this out. But I'm getting old, and my brain's getting stupid. And then, uh, but, like, I started that Discord server, hoping that we can have more dialogue with, with listeners. You know, if you're in BC and you're listening to our show, you can still call in, and we can have a conversation, or you can send in a video message, or you can send in a that i'm sure people can do it already on live from the child gmail.com you can just find us on the internet and give us that stuff but i want to set up something that's like easy for people to be a part of that can build this kind of community and uh so i'm hoping to be able to do that with discord but everything i'm doing is trying to try to give people who are feeling alone listening to this show and are collectively saying i like this show i like these guys that do the show i like when what uh, pete's got going going on over there there's people. There are people out there listening right now that feel that way, and I want to give you guys a place to meet each other and find like-minded people like yourselves. And maybe you do feel a little alone, even though there's people all around you. You feel like they're not, you know, they're nice people, but they're not like me. You know, they're not. They don't think like me. They don't. Uh, you know, they don't see the world the same way I do, or something. I feel somehow different than all of them then I want you to be able to think, like, come amongst the people that all feel that way. We hang out here at the Dutch Hall, and we're happy to have you. That's kind of what I wanted from this place from the beginning. So uh, I hope that uh, if you are feeling lonely out there, you can think of life in the Dutch Hall, and hopefully we can be a place to help you get through your stuff, if nothing more than just to entertain you. Um... I got one last question for you, Pete. Thank you very much again for being on the show. No problem, no problem, Pete. Okay, this is it. You whined about being alone, feeling lonely for most of this program, at least the latter part of it. I just wanted to ask you this one last question. You come from a monstrously huge family, and that huge family, the Van Dykes, is an extremely close and supportive network of people, literally more people than you could even hope for or count would all do anything for you your wife and her family have always been loving and generous and have always been there for you in every way they can be every single member of that family would do anything for you you know that right and yep yeah i know that you have two wonderful daughters that are intelligent that challenge you but they also love you to death and uh, you're married to the love of your life is this true yes so despite all of this, Pete, and the fact that you have hundreds, if not thousands, of sub subscribed listeners to your podcast, who have been predominantly positive in all of their 
communication with you since the beginning of doing this. Yes, also true. So how, Pete, after all this, can you still feel alone? I wrote that question for this uh, podcast, but to be honest, I did not write an answer. And I really don't know the answer to that question. Uh, I have no reason or right to feel the, to feel alone. But when you look around, most of the time you are alone. And uh, again, I can't tell you enough that if you're in a bad place and there's no one around you telling you that you got to get back in line, you got to like appreciate what you have. You have to be grateful. You have to see the wonderful things that are all around you. You have to read that question you just read to yourself so you know that you have the loving support of a great family. You have um, friends and uh, you have strangers even who are just willing to support you and help you through anything. And uh, it's humbling. Uh, but it's I'm really a kind of ashamed that I, I can overlook that as much as I do and uh, so really a thank you for asking that last question I hope that helps anyone out there that's feeling alone I just uh, want to tell you guys that uh, I thank each and every one of you for listening to this program that's going to be it for this week thank you Pete for coming in uh, I hope to see you again uh, I don't like to talk to you out loud it seems crazy uh, but uh, thank you everyone who's listened to this entire program if you're feeling bad, you know, reach out to me. I would love to hear from you, to be honest. And the people who have done it in the past, you know, I hope that I was some help to them. But in the very least, I just uh, welcome everyone into this community. Um, you're not alone. We're all in this together. We're spinning around this rock, hanging on for dear life. And we need to keep doing it, supporting each other, being kind. Um, for my friends in the USA, no matter what happens in the next couple weeks, just be nice to each other, please. It's a, it's a short time we get to be here, so let's be kind to each other, and uh, everybody get along, and uh, let's share this drink we call loneliness, because it's better than drinking alone, and I promise you, I will never be quoting fucking Billy Joel again on this podcast. See you next, <laughs> see you NT, see you next Thursday. Yeah.